0: Welcome to LOL, You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, Lisa. Hi, Adam. How's it going?
1: I'm pretty good. How are you?
0: Good. Uh, what's with the What's with the sound? The sound makers. Well,
1: we thought that we'd have a little bit of fun today, since because we never do <laughs> normally, uh, but mostly because this is our season one finale. Finale!
0: Oh my God! It's been a whole season. It's been a whole season of a podcast. Yes. Um,
1: a totally self-induced season
0: <laughs> of eight episodes. This is the eighth. Yes. I think. Pretty sure. It is. Um, it's been a wild ride.
1: It has been. We're Upside on downs.
0: the radio now.
1: That's right. That's important to tell people if they miss us while we're on hiatus, as they say <laughs> in the biz between seasons. Yeah. Uh, the podcast is being, the previously recorded episodes mm-hmm. are being aired on CKDU Radio mm-hmm. 88.1 FM. I remember when it used to be an AM station. Wow. Yeah. When, when was we made that? Made the switch sometime when I was in university. Right. I think. Uh, I think I'm remembering that right. Uh, you can also listen to us online uh, yeah. on CKDU's website on Thursday afternoons. Thursday
0: afternoon at three thirty. So yeah, check it out. If yeah. you like, like Lisa said, you you put it better. If how so, did I put it? You something about um, if you don't like the rigorous. Or if you, oh if yes. If you, if, I'll let you.
1: Yeah, if you don't like the uh, the convenience of a podcast that you can download on your mobile device and listen to at any time of day or night, mm-hmm. at in any location, um, if you prefer the structure of traditional radio programming and scheduling, you can find us on the the radio at an appointed day and time.
0: I like having and these. And work look around to. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I listened to the first one when it aired, um, but I was like at my desk. And I was like, I had my headphone cord was like in my computer and it was very far away. So it wasn't like the most convenient thing, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to hear it start.
1: So. Yeah, I was the same. I I wanted to go home and, because my home is very close to my office. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't have a, a traditional radio right. anymore other than in my car. So my idea was... To just go home and sit in the car in my parking garage, <laughs> just so that I could actually listen to myself on the radio, but right. I had meetings and I wasn't able to leave. Right. So I did the same thing. I just listened to it on my computer, but it doesn't have the same effect. No. Because it's still my headphones, yeah. which is how I would listen to it from my phone. Yeah. Um, but it was it was neat to listen to the program just before and mm-hmm. kind of hear that, oh, this is part of a larger thing that's happening yeah. on the radio.
0: Yeah, it's always having a program on CKDU has, was like my teenage dream. It was like the number one teenage dream for me. Uh, so it's nice to have that realized. I can check that off the list. Yes, congratulations. Uh, thank you. It's very nice.
1: I've been on CKDU a couple of times, and once actually in a comedy context. Right. And other times it was because I was involved with the student union, so I was on being interviewed about student affairs and things Mm -hmm. like that. But uh, when I was in my fourth year of undergrad, I was—no, it was my third year of undergrad—I was running to be the student union representative for the dorm that I lived in. Right. And I was running unopposed. (laughs) Right. But there was a yes or no vote, right. so it could have gone sideways right. uh, if people really mounted a, a no <laughs> campaign. So my friend Hillary made a radio mockumentary mm-hmm. about my campaign,
0: That's which was I'm... half
1: truth and half fiction because it was a real campaign, right. but we did things that were silly and not real for the sake of the documentary. Right, um, And it she was doing fill-ins on CKDU at the time and uh, rented the equipment and- followed me around, and uh, it was delightful, and I have the recording of it.
0: We should make that available.
1: We probably could. I will check with Hillary and ask her if we can put it up as like a bonus episode of the podcast. That would be
0: a nice little mid-season, mid, not mid-season, between-season little bonus. So, you know, don't hold us to it, but uh, who knows? It might just happen.
1: It could happen.
0: So it's been a weird week in comedy. It has been. Very weird.
1: Yeah. It's sort of nice that we, I know it puts extra, a bit of pressure on you for editing purposes, but (laughs) um, previously we banked these episodes some weeks in advance. But Mm. the last couple, just because of scheduling here at the library, we're recording just a couple of days before we're going to post the episode. Mm. So we can talk about these timely issues, (laughs) current affairs.
0: I've never been known as a a man of current affairs. (laughs)
1: Hot Topics, maybe, on hot The View?
0: <laughs> maybe Hot Topics is the farthest I'll go.
1: Well, I'm sure they talked about comedy this week on Hot Topics. I... I'm
0: sure. It's in it's on one of my probably 30 to 40 browser tabs on my internet currently at home. Uh, the View talking about uh, this week is one of them that I've opened mm-hmm. but haven't watched yet.
1: I so noticed that... it in the list of suggested videos when I was watching some things and yeah. thought I should go back and watch, see how, particularly how Joy and Whoopi, Respond yes to what happened at the White House at and after more yeah, importantly especially the White House Correspondents' Dinner
0: yes Our everyone's favorite dinner
1: yeah uh- <laughs> I mean they don't they call it nerd prom for a reason yeah um I actually get a kick out of the White House Correspondents' Dinner because there is always a, com- a comedy element to mm-hmm. it um, but for those who don't know every year. The White House Correspondents Association, which is the group of press who are who work out of the White House, the press gallery. Um, They have an association and they have a very long, apparently. I didn't even realize how long Mm. uh, a dinner, a four hour long dinner at the Washington Hilton every year. And apparently other things happen at the dinner. Do they start with lunch? It certainly sounds that way. I hope they're uh, (laughs) well-fed to sit there for that long. Um, But it's basically, traditionally, at least in recent years, it's been a way for um, the press and the administration of the time, plus some celebrities, Mm -hmm. to gather and sort of mingle in in a non-confrontational atmosphere and maybe build some rapport and Mm -hmm. show that, you know, Things can be tense between the press and politicians and the administration, but at the end of the day, we're all humans and we can share a meal together and, you know, on some level get along even if we don't agree about everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a nice thing in spirit. And there's always typically a stand-up for the last number of years um, who performs at the dinner. Mm-hmm. And this year it was Michelle Wolf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And did you watch it?
0: I did. I've watched it. Many times, I uh, I derive great joy from it. It's been a bright moment in a otherwise dingy week.
1: Yeah, I, w- I watched it a couple of times as well. I watched. I think I watched it the next day, and then I watched it again yesterday because it was still getting so much attention. Mm-hmm. I follow politics way too closely for my uh, own go- uh, for my <laughs> well, too closely for my own good.
0: I feel like I follow them in, like too le- like not enough, and so I think it. The two yeah, of us kind we of we need meet to find the, a balance. Meet in the middle somewhere.
1: Yeah. I have my. Well, I was watching um, uh, a partner and Charla last night, and she was talking about her daily screams uh, in right. response to current news, and I. Very much related to that, yeah. uh, because I typically listen to news first thing in the morning and get my daily screams out while I prepare my breakfast.
0: Oh, that (laughs) is that sounds awful. I (laughs) I couldn't go to work.
1: It's not a great way to start the day. My morning routine is really slow as a result, because I kind of have to ease into the rest of the day after I've caught up on the news from the night before.
0: I mean, to be fair, my morning routine is literally I wake up with seven to eight minutes between when I open my eyes, and when I have to, leave the door. Oh, wow. And so I, like, really bang it out.
1: That's very fast. Yeah,
0: I really don't give myself much time.
1: <laughs> I can't do that. I think I get up around, I say I get out of bed between 7.20 and 7.30. Mm-hmm. I don't get to the office until 9 in the morning, and I work three minutes on foot from where I live.
0: <laughs> See, I uh, I work at 8.00. Uh, I wake up at uh, 7.10, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and then uh, by 7.17, I'm usually leaving the house to drive to Tim Hortons, get a coffee, and then go. So I guess I don't eat at home, so maybe you do.
1: I do eat at home, and I sometimes will prepare lunch if I'm taking it to the office, and I make a morning snack that I take with me. Right. So yeah, there but it also takes me a good 15 minutes of staring at my closet to figure out what I should wear to the office. <laughs> right. Where nobody cares. No. What I'm wearing.
0: No. No, I always I f- I feel very underdressed when I go to work. But I work I'm like up and moving around all the time. I need to like be able to move, so I have to wear clothes that aren't super fancy and everyone else is super fancy and I feel right. You no, need to be able fancy. to do,
1: like, a deep lunge.
0: A deep lunge. I can't do a deep lunge in business casual. It's not going to happen. No. Can't do it.
1: It's risky business. It's
0: the riskiest. <laughs> Being, like, on a ladder and then also bending and reaching in business casual is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's our mornings.
1: Yes. Somehow we got here from talking about Michelle Wolf.
0: Right. Well, we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> morning news, listening to news right, in the morning, the news, and how that's how you start your day.
1: I follow politics really closely, so it's been interesting to watch how much attention this is getting mm-hmm. um, from comedians and from politicos and pundits who don't know really about comedy, yeah. but they know about politics, yeah and perhaps from some comedians who know comedy, but maybe don't know politics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my like my two main interests in life right. have converged mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend and into this week. Um, I watched the set, I think, before I heard about the reaction people were having.
0: Yeah, I definitely did too.
1: And then I watched it again after I had read and heard some of the reaction. Yeah. What was your reaction to it without knowing how people responded?
0: I really th- I thought it was so good. I just like not only like I mean like the content in it was she was ju- like she gets she's getting criticized a lot for for what she said but she just said a bunch of stuff that was true. Mm-hmm. Like I mean t- at the base level she's just is telling people she's just saying stuff that's true. Yeah. So there's so there's that. Um But I loved, like, I was laughing out loud. It was, I thought it was, like, very funny all the way through. And to be, to have 20 minutes of very funny stuff is hard. It's hard for anybody. Yes. And so I was, like, really, really impressed with with that. And also, like, I had, I felt for her so much just watching whenever it would cut to a crowd shot. Because, like, the entire, every time... I feel like everybody in the entire crowd had their head in their hands the entire time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did catch a few people laughing, and yeah. I, I don't know who he is, but there's one man who, when she starts, just at the very beginning um, of her bit about how the media has created the monster that is the president, mm-hmm. um, early in that bit, there's this one like, older white guy mm-hmm. who starts clapping. Yeah. And I love that guy. <laughs> No idea who he is, if he's with the media or, or how he got into the room. Yeah. But um, I also laughed out loud yeah. at many parts of it and thought this is the sort of comedy I like, which yeah. is it's polit- I don't do political comedy myself yeah. or I haven't tried anyway because it's complicated um, and just it's hard to find the humor some days. Yeah. Um, but the the way that she did. Not pull punches, mm-hmm. I think is the the phrase yeah. that people have been using. Um, and some people in that environment might be inclined to, especially a young comic, yeah. might be inclined to pull some punches. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of who's in that room now where celebrities are not showing up to the dinner anymore because of who is in the White House, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't have that sort of the same sort of glamour att- that was attached to it Um Despite that, it takes place at the Washington Hilton, um, <laughs> which is the butt of jokes in other other uh, previous sets as well. Yeah. Um, you know, some people might be intimidated by that. Um, mm-hmm. It's an it's not a friendly room uh, to a comic. Yeah. It's it's mainly journalists and politicians. Yeah. They're not used to comics.
0: No, and it's also it's a weird setup. Like you were saying earlier, before we started recording, mm-hmm. you were talking about even just the like dynamic of how people are positioned in a room, um, people sitting around tables where they have to be like kind of uncomfortably turned and like you're behind a podium and it's very like formal, but you're also just like being like, you're, you're the funny, silly person in this very serious thing. Yes. And that's a weird line and a really hard line to like, to, to to be attached to and so I like I always admire people so much because like I've I've done it like a couple things that are like obviously not like the White House Correspondence Center <laughs> but I'm talking Someday. like I'm talking about format so like bunch of people that are just kind of there and you're at a podium trying to tell jokes and like it's really it's just a all the lights are on mm-hmm. it's the middle of the day like it's not optimal comedy zone mm-hmm. Um, so even like even just for, Without all the other baggage and all the other stuff that that obviously is a part of how hard this was, I'm sure, um, I respect someone that could even make that room work a little bit.
1: Yeah. And she did – she talked about that on – she did an interview on NPR with – on Fresh Air a couple of days after. Right. um, That I've heard bits of but not the entirety of. And she talked about that, that she had been warned about the room Mm -hmm. before she did the event because of – round tables where half the audience is either turned away from you or they've had to turn their chair physically away from their table. Yeah. They're chit-chatting, they're eating and drinking. It's like the Golden Globes without the nice out, the nice outfits. Right. <laughs> or the celebrities anymore. Right. Um they're also in formal wear, mm-hmm. which she said makes people less inclined to laugh because they're not comfortable. Yeah. They're wearing tux it's it's f- tuxedo yeah. for men. It's bla- it's a black tie event. Mm-hmm. So the women are in constricting night, uh, night not nightgowns, <laughs> <laughs> evening gowns. That'd be a funny. That would be re- a very funny juxtaposition. Yeah. Black That's tie the for the men.
0: Juxtaposition. That was the word I could not, <laughs> I could not pull it from the back of my brain.
1: Black tie for the men, nightwear for the ladies. Yeah. Uh, nightgowns specifically. No, they're so they're wearing constrictive, constricting outfits. Yeah. Not inclined to laugh and- Yeah, it's just, it's not a good setup Mm -hmm. um, to begin with. So you're not setting your entertainer up for success by putting them in that room. Um, And people, I think, are, I don't know. It irritates me, not even as somebody who tries to be funny, but just as a human (laughs) who consumes comedy and entertainment generally, or Mm -hmm. art. When I watched... um, Perhaps ill advised. I watched a panel discussion on CNN mm-hmm. that was on YouTube and um, mostly to see the r- remarks from the president of the Correspondence Association. Mm-hmm. But then when they, s- she spoke for quite a while. And then when they switched the- to the panel, I gave up because the first person who spoke, I don't know who she was, um, a-, a journalist of some kind, talked about specific jokes that Michelle Wolf had made mm-hmm. and said, well, that wasn't funny. Right. So I turned it off because I thought, if that's how you're judging this, I don't care what you have to say because it's not up to you. Maybe you didn't find it funny. That's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. You can say that. You can't just say this isn't funny mm-hmm. because somebody else might find it funny. Yeah. That's yeah. not how jokes work.
0: Yeah. Looking at like where criticism comes from is so strange a lot of the time it's not that strange i guess it's it's kind of how the world works but it's just you know a lot of like white dudes who you know think that the 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 woman telling jokes isn't funny and like mm-hmm. that you're just wrong yeah. like your opinion your your, your opinion is just wrong you're just <laughs> you're just not right so just like just st- step yeah. back take take a second
1: or you you your opinion is your own
0: Sure. Yeah, that's that's a more moderate approach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there, and there were also older white ladies who I t- would, in any other context, say that I have a lot of respect for, like right. uh, Andrea Mitchell and Maggie Haberman, mm-hmm. are two just veteran reporters right. who are at the top of their game, who spoke out against it, and I think part of, against the remarks that Michelle Wolf made, mm-hmm. and I think that part of it too, could be that they are worried about the way that people will view the press as a result of right. this being the thing that gets coverage and being associated with a thing that has, a, quote unquote, offended people. Right. So I can get that on some level there's a bit of a defensive rea- response yeah. from people who are sort of higher up in Washington journalism. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you get to decide what's funny and what isn't
0: no and there's kind of kind of an irony built into that because like t- t- we were talking about um earlier on I think before we started recording but we were talking about um Michelle's remarks about how um the press built this monster yeah and the press gave all this time and attention and spotlight to this monster mm-hmm. well, when, when even you know whatever um the president and then, just f- d- d- putting any spotlight on on this woman just telling a bunch of truths, mm-hmm. uh, and then saying how people are you know they're they're ashamed and they're like they don't you know they don't represent it and they don't support it and it's like it's so uh, what's the word I'm looking for like it, it it's it's not counterproductive.
1: It's like cognitive dissonance in my place. How yeah. it feels to me that yeah that there's this there's a very strange. I'm sure that I don't work or I've never been to Washington, but I can imagine that it's a strange time to be yeah. a journalist. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the response from the president of the Correspondence Association, which I will read uh, just for the sake of posterity and to save people Googling. <laughs> um, and she, she said similar th- things to this when I saw her on CNN, and she was more... She was able to be more nuanced than this original sort of printed statement let on. Um, She doesn't she wouldn't say that she regretted hiring Michelle Wolf or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, She didn't ask for for an apology or anything along those lines. She was basically just there to explain that her intention with the event was something else. And that's being overshadowed by the comedy, Mm -hmm. which newsflash to you journalists the, com- the comedian is the only thing that ever gets any press yep. from the White House Correspondents Dinner. 100%. So the, the original response from the uh, White House Correspondents Association was, last night's program was meant to offer a unifying message about our common commitment to a vigorous and free press while honoring civility, great reporting, and scholarship winners, not to divide people. Unfortunately, the entertainer's monologue was not in the spirit of that mission, which fair. But the what what she went on to explain in the CNN interview was that they don't vet the comedian's set. Mm-hmm. They don't tell them uh, what the theme of the night is. Uh, so you may have gone in there and made your own remarks as the host of the event mm. and, tr- and brought in others to, to speak on this theme of, of unity. But... You invited a comic and you live in a time where the president is a person who has made, quote unquote, jokes Mm -hmm. about putting journalists in jail. Yeah. So I don't know what you would have expected out of a comedian in this day and age in that sort of a venue. Yeah. But to point out just some of the most appalling things (laughs) that have happened and that the media knows very well has happened because they've covered it.
0: Yeah it it makes me so sad mm-hmm. that 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 is what always happens when um like especially when a comic will just talk about stuff that's real that's happening yeah. in the world like these like the reason that it's funny is because it's so absurd because the time we live in is really absurd mm-hmm. like she doesn't even have to embellish this stuff it just is she's just base she could be doing a <laughs> she could be a correspondent on Cnn yeah. like tone like a little tweaking and like it's basically a report on the news. Yeah. So I it, anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I thought that th- maybe there were, there were to be honest, like a couple of jokes that didn't make me laugh out loud. Right. And that's normal. Yeah. Uh, that it's uh, too high of an expectation to have of a comic yeah. to say I want to laugh at every single I expect to laugh at every single joke. Yeah. Some of them didn't land with me mm-hmm. personally alone in my living room uh, in that in that room. Right. Um But for the most part, I did laugh out loud, Mm -hmm. and I thought that—I find it odd the amount of attention that is getting paid to these so-called personal attacks Mm -hmm. that she made, particularly toward Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's um... the—what is her title?
0: Press secretary?
1: Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who is the press secretary. And I think it's because Sarah Huckabee Sanders was in—not just in the Mm room— Kellyanne Conway was in the room, too. Yeah. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders was two seats down the table from the podium. Mm -hmm. And so the camera was on her a couple of times Mm -hmm. during those particular jokes. And she looked visibly uncomfortable. And who wouldn't be? Yeah. I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders, if she's a real human, is probably uncomfortable (laughs) 24 hours a day. Yeah. Because of the job that she has. yeah. Um, I'm not going to say I think she's a good person. I don't know. Yeah. But if you're in that White House, you have to expect that some things are going to be said about you. And I think that they were, some people were saying that the remarks were about her appearance. I think just because one of the jokes was about her, her smoky eye because she right. sometimes wears heavy eye makeup. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't have to in, <laughs> in that right. line of work <laughs> put on some heavy eye makeup from yep. day to day? Um, but they weren't really about her appearance. They were ab- about her behavior. Yeah, and the way that she has to con- maybe has to or chooses to conduct herself mm-hmm. in her job. Um, my, my favorite one when it came to the personal attacks was when she said that Mike Pence is the type of person <laughs> who brushes his teeth and then <laughs> drinks orange juice and says, Mmm.
0: I. <laughs> I I had to pause it. After that, <laughs> I had to pause it cuz I couldn't hear what she was saying as I was laughing so hard at that. That is It's such a good joke. One of my favorite jokes. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, and, and and like right before that, she was, she had said that Mike Pence is what happens when Anna, Mr. Cooper isn't gay. Yeah. And I was like And that did you know get what? a laugh. And that was an- from
1: the pe- they happened to cut to a table at that point yeah. and some people laughed. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I can't remember the Kellyanne Conway joke, but they cut to her and she just had a very Kellyanne, like, flat face. She didn't look uncomfortable. She just, it was a non-reaction. Yeah. Which is her training.
0: Yes. The the joke for her um, was basically about her getting trapped under a tree.
1: Oh, yeah. It, that was she, a good joke. The way she clarified, like, I don't funny. want her to die. Just get just stuck. Get st- <laughs> just get stuck.
0: And like how she said it. It was incredible congratulations (laughs) Michelle that was a very good joke
1: it was yeah and and just smart to have that I like I've seen a few comics lately where they the setup makes you think oh gosh yeah this is this isn't gonna end well this is gonna be dicey Mm -hmm. but then they turn it around at the last second yeah and that was a great example of it where I thought oh gosh (laughs) That like, for me, that's not okay. Yeah. To joke about somebody being crushed by a, a tree in the woods, but then to just add that little thing on yeah. about her getting stuck. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: And I think I think I think there's like a testament to silliness, and that's all that is. Mm-hmm. It's just silliness, mm-hmm. and it's pointed silliness to a for a reason. I mean, it's obviously not the, I'm not saying her performance is silly. I'm saying like those little things there to me it's like a little glimpse of humanity mm-hmm. like it's a little glimpse of like we're all people we all know we all know this what i'm saying is true and it's those jokes that are like that one mm-hmm. where it's like just get stuck like yeah. that makes me like i don't know there's just something about that that really says to me like let's just take a second to like reel it in mm-hmm. and then all like kind of like silently acknowledge the kind of monsters we've set loose in the world and we're, like, letting and perpetuating, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, and to, to to get in a dig yeah. without being cruel. Yeah. And I think some people would have listened to that set and thought it was cruel, mm-hmm. but I think to have that, that sort of, I don't know, acute correction yeah. on the end of that joke, that she just got stuck, that makes it not cruel to me. Yeah. That makes it a a silly, a funny little joke. Because that visual is incredible. I might actually hate this person and everything that they stand for politically. I don't want them to die a horrible death.
0: Yeah. But I wouldn't mind if she was just kind of like squiggling. Lost in the woods. Exactly. But
1: healthy and alive.
0: Everything's great. Has a packed lunch. Yeah. Everything's okay.
1: Yeah. There's like a little drip of water. Not like water torture, but like. (laughs) A nearby drip, so she can stay hydrated. There's lots of moss and things around for her. to nutritious. She's not going to die. No, she's just going to not be on the news anymore. Yeah,
0: she'll be sustained for the next hopefully two to three. How many years are left of this? Two. Two years,
1: maybe. Maybe we're gonna we're gonna knock
0: on wood, but we're gonna (laughs) hope it's we're gonna just shoot for two. And six is a lot. Six is a lot of years ahead of me. Um, it's
1: more, yeah it's two and a half really yeah yeah it's
0: two two well, and a, two, I, and a half. two and a half. i would love to go in the woods for two and a half years <laughs> just hang out some edible moss
1: cozy it's tempting some days when i wake up and listen oh. to the news <laughs>
0: <laughs> how fun was that
1: that was so much fun i'm a little out of breath it takes su- a surprising amount of effort to make this make a noise.
0: Yeah, it really, I'm worried that it's only going to be breath sounds mostly getting in the recording, but you yeah. know what? It was worth $1. fifty for 80 of them. <laughs> I might have said 80. You did say 80. I meant to say 8. 8. Um,
1: what would we even do with 80? What are these even called?
0: They're called Party Siren Whistles.
1: Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. It- it vaguely sounds like a siren.
0: The brand is Celebration. They were $1. twenty-five, and they're for ages three plus. Okay. So you so don't let this. We're safe. We we're, we're good. Um, yeah, there's definitely a choking hazard on the back of this package, though. Yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. I got us a gift. Oh. I bought us a gift for our season finale. Oh, I bought us a late. Kinder Egg. Um, I thought we could open it and see what we got. As a celebratory <laughs> one season in gift. Lovely. So would you like half? Here's yes, here's please. half. Sorry, it's my hands. I they're clean. It's okay. Um, so we have half the chocolate. Let's open this egg up. Let's see what we got. Ugh! Oh, oh, it's not a puzzle, so that's good. <laughs> I always always pick puzzles oh, every time.
1: I never buy Kinder eggs. They were never they weren't really a thing for me as a kid. No. I like the chocolate, though, with whatever the white chocolate on the inside is. Yeah,
0: it's totally good.
1: It's a, they're yummy.
0: Look at this. It's a little race car.
1: Oh, with a track.
0: With a little track. And then you just snap them together. It's a little
1: loop, and it goes around the loop. Well,
0: I think it's just an arc, actually. Oh. Um, so you don't...
1: <laughs> oh, so it's just going to drive out onto the table.
0: Yeah, just okay. onto the table. But uh, that's not a bad little gift there, kinder. I can't figure it out. but Of course
1: not. That, <laughs> isn't that what the purpose of them is? Is to frustrate and perplex.
0: Frustrate and perplex. That's the kinder egg slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they have little, there's even little uh, stadium uh, seating.
1: Oh, that's cute. With little people.
0: Cute, cozy. I well,
1: like it. I like little cars. I used to have a lot of dinkies right. when I was a kid.
0: They're great. Yeah. Well, Happy happy one year. Happy one. And by one year, one, I mean eight,
1: eight episodes. <laughs> eight
0: episodes over what five Every, six months? Yeah, something like that.
1: Eight episodes on a three week rotation.
0: But you know what? If you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love anybody else? The, <laughs> As in the great, in the words of the great RuPaul. So I, you know what? I bought that <laughs> while I was there, buying us some other treats. I also bought us. And you can't see them because obviously this is an audio recording. But I bought us some Damon. Uh, sunglasses mm. to wear for some promotional photos, so we're gonna put those on yes. later.
1: You can see them on our social media feeds.
0: So it's, uh, I think it's time for our laugh of the week.
1: Yes. Other uh, than Michelle Wolf,
0: which was other clearly than Mich- a laugh. That was gonna and a be. Half. I thought about bringing that as my laugh of the week, but I was like, that is gonna be a whole thing. So <laughs> let's just talk about that first, get it out of the way, and mm-hmm. then we can talk about some other stuff. Yes. So what's uh, yours for this week?
1: My laugh of the week, uh, after some delay. I got around to watching, now I've only watched three of the four episodes of uh, the Two Dope Queens HBO special, right? Um, which was a four-part weekly special that aired in February on HBO to correspond with Black History Month in the United States. right? And um, I watched three of the four episodes mm-hmm. last night, and <laughs> they are so good. Not just uh, so. If you haven't listened to the Two Dope Queens podcast, you may not know that the hosts are Jessica Williams, who uh, like Michelle Wolf used to appear on the Daily Show, right? And Phoebe Robinson, and they are relatively recent friends, like just in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they co-host um, a stand-up show in usually in Brooklyn, and it's all it airs as a podcast um, produced by WNYC, and. Because it, they're just that great. They got picked up by HBO for this four-part series. Mm-hmm. And uh, they filmed it in a, a big theater in, I think, in Brooklyn. And each episode has a theme. First one is New York. Second one is hair. Third one is hot peen. And
0: <laughs>
1: the fourth <laughs> a, one, I don't know. That's a rich know. theme. Oh, yeah. That's a rich theme. Uh, I haven't watched the fourth one, so I don't know what the theme is yet. Right. Um, the episodes were all directed by Tig Notaro,
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. She
1: doesn't appear in any... I don't think she's in any of them, mm-hmm. but she directed all four, and nice. uh, they're, they're well-produced. Um, and these two comics are just... They make me so happy, because yeah. their friendship is so beautiful. Yeah, it's really special. And they're so funny mm-hmm. in different ways, but they've got this great dynamic between mm-hmm. the two of them, and they bring on... Not just on the special, but on the the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. They make a real effort to bring on a, a great diversity of comics, mm. um, and they're well. It's a well curated show in yeah. that sense, and uh, they don't do a whole lot of uh, when they're hosting uh, like typical stand up. It's more storytelling and just chatting with one another. Right. Um, and but it, it it makes you laugh because they just have this. Wonderful rapport with each other, and mm-hmm. uh, just a funny way of telling stories about their lives. And yeah. um, so, I would recommend that while we are on hiatus, mm-hmm. um, if I know HBO can be hard to access for people who uh, don't have cable or prefer not to delve into the gray area of downloading things <laughs> from the internet. Um, so, if you don't have access to the HBO specials, do go back and listen to the back catalog of Two Dope Queens' podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, start from... There's some gems right at the very first couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, But highlights from the three episodes that I did watch uh, would be... Oh, it's hard to pick highlights. They were all good. Um, Michelle Buteau, Mm -hmm. who also has a new podcast called Late Night Whenever. Mm -hmm. I like this sort of trend that's happening where because women can't seem to get gigs hosting late-night shows, mm-hmm. other than Samantha Bee, I suppose, on, t- on television, mm-hmm. um, they're finding other ways to do it. Yeah. So, Michelle Buteau is doing it as a podcast, right. but she has an audience. Um, right. And Michelle Wolf has a show that's coming up on Netflix right. later this month. So, it's, got, it's getting there. <laughs> Little steps. Um, so, she was on. Aparna Nancharla was on, mm. who I got to see here in Halifax a few years ago, and is hilarious. Uh, and also a comic who I wasn't familiar with, uh, Jackie Cashin, K-A-S-H-I-A-N. Yeah. She also has a podcast that I wasn't familiar with, um, but I will download. Um, she's sort of, a, I think she would identify as a nerdy, middle-aged white lady. Right. <laughs> um, and she tells a great story about getting enraged and pushing an elderly man into some carts. Right. Because he was being a racist. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, that's my, uh, not just laugh of the week, but laugh of every time I listen to anything yeah. that is Two Dope Queens.
0: Yeah, I love that podcast. Yeah. I uh, it's I, I can only listen to so much of it at work because, like, I often find myself, if I listen to stuff that I find too funny, mm-hmm. I'm like, I look like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Because I'm just, like, sitting at my desk in this very, very quiet office just, like, giggling to myself and trying to not, like, burst out laughing. <laughs> so it's something I have to, like, do in very short bursts and listen to a little bit of it, take a break, calm myself down, listen to a little bit more, yeah. take a break, calm myself down, yeah. and do it like that. Because otherwise I'll just – I won't have a job anymore and I need to work. So. Yes.
1: Well, and I find, too, with uh, – I, I can't do a lot of um, comedy at work because I'm typically writing or reading and I can't – properly pay attention to it mm-hmm. but i find that with stuff that's so good like that i almost want to be home or somewhere in private where True. i can have a like a full-throated laugh right and not have to contain it because there's other people around and i'm just i've just got my earbuds in and they yeah. don't know what's happening to yeah. me so yeah. sometimes it's nice to be alone or with a small group of people mhm and laugh together.
0: Yeah, I love being alone. <laughs> I uh, so my laugh of the week. Um, I uh, it's Halifax Comedy Fest was it like or like right. was last week. Um, I I didn't go to anything. Neither did uh, I. I never have. <laughs> I haven't either. It's
1: sort of. I don't know why.
0: I don't know why it's sort either. Of
1: expensive, I think.
0: I think it's a combination of is ex- it's kind of expensive and it sells out really early. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. not even on my it, before it's even on my radar as like oh that's coming up it's sold out. Right. And so I just I never and it's there's never been someone that I've been like super jazzed to see. Um, I feel like I'd prioritize it if it was someone I really liked, but it's never been not never, but I mean it's like I don't remember forever, but. Um, in recent memory there hasn't been someone I've been super stoked about. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of last minute uh last week, uh, a friend of mine um was selling one of her tickets to um Greg Proop's podcast recording that was happening. He was in town. He's uh one of the improvisers from whose line is it anyway from back in the back of the day. He still does they still 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 shooting it now. Yeah. Um but it was like one of my like formative comedy things when I was a kid and I was in love with that show. And um and so they were selling their ticket because like, could, they couldn't go to the thing. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll go. Like, I, I really like Greg Proops. Um, but it was one of those things where you're kind of like, um, you're going, but you're kind of like holding your breath because you're like, you're not sure if like time is going to be kind to right. something you loved. Yeah. Like- because so like this, I, I feel like it's been a few years of like time not being kind to things that we like and, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know.
1: Especially things from the late '90s.
0: Well, yeah, that was it. Yeah, which is
1: probably when you and I would have been watching, "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" a lot. Yeah. Late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, on CTV.
0: And so, like, I'm, I'm i mean, I'm always cautious of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, someone I haven't seen in a while, kicking back on onto the stage. But yeah. it was really cool. It was really, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a comedy show, mm-hmm. which is, first off is like sounds weird. But his podcast is funny because he's a funny guy, but his podcast is like, it's, it's really cool. Cause it's like him literally sitting there for like an hour and a half, two hours, com- basically commanding the American people to do what's right. And it's like <laughs> really intense because he's like talking about all this stuff that's like really real and really like hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he is just like no nonsense um, talking about it. And it was just, it was just really refreshing and really interesting. And so like, I I laughed a bunch, but I also was, like, really moved to hear this, like, you know, this middle-aged white guy from the States who I adored when I was a kid Mm. come to Halifax and sit in this, like, little bar and talk about how, you know, gay people should have rights and women should be respected (laughs) and how, like... You know Beyonce's Coachella performance was one of the most important things in the last ten years, and how hip hop is like mm. one of the most. It's like the it's the type of music that's actually like talking about stuff, and it was just really weird to hear. Not weird, I guess weird's the wrong word, but it was just kind of surprised, mm. and it was really pleasantly surprised, and it was like pretty cool, and so I, yeah, I had a really weird night. I it was it was actually nice, um, serendipitously. Uh, Mary Green, she's a comic from New Brunswick, super funny. We've been on shows with her before. She's super nice. Um, Was in town and uh, also didn't have anybody to go with, and we ended up going together and sitting together and and chatting about comedy. And it was so it ended up being this really like weird fun night with someone I don't get to hang out with very often. So, and then in getting confirmation that this like person I used to really love is still like still killing it and still really funny. And
1: it is nice to know. Yeah. I know you're, how you're feeling about stuff like that because it's it's almost hard now to go back and watch things yeah. from when we were younger, and still enjoy them mm-hmm. because sometimes the comedy is not okay anymore. Yeah, and we would have definitely laughed. Yeah, at that time, um, but it, yeah, it's I guess it's reassuring that yeah because uh, I mean older people older than us, mm-hmm. um, middle aged and above can sometimes get uh our expectations of them are I think too low sometimes. I mm-hmm. think, oh well they're older yeah. so they don't they're not gonna understand. They're not gonna be able to keep up with, you know, human rights and <laughs> dignity and things like that and treating humans like humans. Yeah. But really they're fully capable of doing it. Yeah. It's just that some of them don't and they're very vocal on the internet sometimes or totally. at Thanksgiving dinner or wherever yeah. people run into folks.
0: And one thing I fa- one other thing that I found really cool about that show was when I was listening to him talk, he actually like he was I don't remember exactly what he was talking about. Um it, it's a it's a very long podcast so it's like it's hard mm-hmm. to remember exactly what he was talking about at the time, but um he was uh talking and he referenced Himself in the past, as of like his own stand up in the past, and how he said stuff that now he doesn't agree with, or not that yeah. he doesn't agree with, but that he's like more aware, and he's like, I've I've said stuff, I've said these things in my in yeah. in stand up or in in my routines, and I acknowledge it, I take that on, like that's. I did say I've said stuff, and I and I've worked on it, and like this is what I'm doing now. Like I'm sitting here and I'm imploring people to get out and to vote and to do stuff and to Mm -hmm. make little little things better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you don't see that a lot.
1: No, and people, comics in particular, get do get a hard time for things that they've said. I mean, it was happening to Amy Schumer a while back too. Stuff from sets that were years and years old. Mm when she was sort of in character, arguably, were getting dragged up again as if she had said them yesterday. Yeah, um, And that's, that's going to happen to any comic that works for any extended period of time. Yeah. The jokes are going to become outdated, mm-hmm. and most aren't going to get an opportunity to say, I made this comment as part of a set 10 or 15 years ago. At that point in time... It was considered acceptable by mm-hmm. most people. It is not anymore, and I wouldn't make that same joke today. Mm-hmm. There are probably jokes I'm making today that 15 years from now yeah. we're going to look back and say that wasn't that's not cool anymore. Yeah, but it was okay then.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's called progress.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was it was yeah it was like it was just really cool to be there mm. and to be like 20 feet from someone I think is really cool and. As an aside, when we walked in, he was standing right by the bar, and he came over to us and said, hi, I'm Greg, and shook our hands. That's lovely. And we're like, we know. We bought the tickets. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so nice. So nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I'm going to awkwardly say something weird and then mumble myself to my seat. (laughs) That was basically what happened.
1: I like when people, um, not necessarily uber famous people, but- The, the person that you're at an event to see mm-hmm. when they are not so presumptuous as to assume you know who they are. yeah. And maybe it, it is a bit of a silly presumption, but there could be people who would just get invited to an event like that and yeah, not totally. know who they're about to see, Yeah. in which case it's just polite and human. Yeah. But even if you obviously do know who Greg Proops is, mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's a nice human thing to do to yeah. introduce yourself regardless of the fact that This person's been on national television for many, many years. For like, yeah, like 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) In the spirit of Comedy Bang Bang, we're going to have a segment this week called Plugs. Adam, do you have anything
0: to plug? Yeah, we have an event coming up. It's on May nineteenth. It's at the Seahorse Tavern in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. It's uh, called Get Sprung. There's a Facebook event. You can check it out. Um, it's me and my friend Lindsay. We produce shows in Halifax, and we it's like gay shows and like cool like shows. They're funny. Uh, Lisa's on the show. Yeah. coming up on the nineteenth, and it's a spring themed. A uh, comedy show called Get Sprung at the Seahorse Tavern. It's $7. Um, yeah.
1: Maybe we can put a link. Do we know how to do that? Put a link in the show notes, as they call oh, it. Oh,
0: yes. we can. I can all do my best to do that. So look in the and show I'll, notes and see if I succeeded. And
1: I'll cross promo on social media. Amazing. So you can find us on the 19th.
0: So that's a wrap for season one, Lisa. That's a wrap. It's done.
1: It's been great. We did something. It's been a great season. I'm looking forward to resting on our hiatus. What are you going to do? Oh, maybe film a movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what most people do on their hiatus.
0: (laughs) I think they film... I'm going to go to Paris. Oh. I'm going to go to Paris. I've never been. Um, I'm not going to go to Paris. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to...
1: I was really racking my brain, as you know. I wanted to... I've been watching Jane the Virgin, which really should be my laugh of the last couple of months. Right. Um... And because it's based on telenovelas, I've been thinking we should have some sort of dramatic cliffhanger for the end of the season. But because (laughs) our podcast doesn't have a narrative, I couldn't really think of anything that didn't involve, like, joking about, well, hopefully somebody doesn't die (laughs) between now and season two. Or, like, pretend that one of us is dying. Right. And are they going to make it? Or one of us getting shot. That That tends to be what happens on these things. And it just didn't seem like it would work.
0: Fair enough. Well, yeah. let's just say, here's hoping uh, that we make it through. I think it'll be fine. some It's getting warmer. I've been eating lunch outside, which has been a a blessing from above. Mm-hmm. and uh, can't complain.
1: Soak up the sun," says Cheryl Crow.
0: <laughs> Very wise words. And uh I, I also believe that uh, Cheryl will be excited about our upcoming season. We have some exciting guests lined up. Uh, That we're going to chat with about jokes, about being gay, Mm -hmm. about, (laughs) I'm really putting a voice on right now. I really have a thing. (laughs) And
1: Um, your shoulders are moving, which nobody but me can see.
0: I'm moving around. I don't move around a lot. You don't. Uh, You seem to have
1: gotten a sudden burst of energy. It's the end of the
0: season. And now where's all this energy coming from? (laughs) Anyway.
1: Will it last? Will it last? Will Adam still have energy (laughs) by the time season two comes around?
0: Tune in in probably a month or so. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we're gonna take a short break. Um, we're gonna hopefully release a couple little extra little bonuses just mm-hmm. to keep you uh, interested for the next little bit. And uh, but yeah, come back for season two. Uh, you'll get notified if you're subscribed to us. So please subscribe and all your things you subscribe to mm-hmm. on. Um, check out our social media. There's gonna be stuff there. Yes. And and yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you're excited about?
1: Also, spring spring in the sun it's great
0: let's do it let's go outside before the sun goes down let's do that okay <laughs> you can listen to lol you're gay on apple Podcasts, stitcher and wherever you find your podcasts if we're not in your favorite podcast app please let us know we'll try to make it happen
1: you can find us online on instagram and twitter at lol you gay pod that's spelled l-o-l-u-r-g-a-y-p-o-d and on facebook.com slash lol you are gay pod and if you would like to get in touch with us via email you can do that at lol you are gay pod at gmail.com
0: thank you for listening now please enjoy this week in royalty free music